All right, let's get it popping. One, dose, three. Hello, everybody out there. Namaste, love and light. What up? Good up. However, whatever you say. Um, we are back in the house for another episode of The Way Love Goes. Man, we are we are hitting some topics, all right? We're going to be talking to y'all uh, about some real things, man, because we just, you know, this is what life is about. And uh, it's good to process together, man. You know, let's stop. Mm-hmm. We, for so long, my phone's even excited about the situation. For so long, <laughs> um, you know, we've been living in a society where we, where we, we say, oh, we don't talk about that. Or oh, we keep that in the back, you know, but, but we want to talk about it. How are we ever going to heal and process and, and progress if we don't talk about, um, all, you know, all the different aspects of life, right? Not just the lovey-dovey stuff, but how do you work through the um, the whole course of relationships, right? And today, we are talking about divorce. Y'all know the song from, from Deborah. How did we get here? I'm not, I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to sing it because my voice needs <laughs> don't go that way. But... Uh, but, but you know, you can go watch the music video back in there. But how did we get here, y'all? How did we get here? Um, mm-hmm. Life after divorce, man. There's the lead up. There's the process. Then there's moving on in life. And so we're going to talk about that. We got a couple perspectives today. Uh, Tierra Monique's got her perspective. Right. And I got my perspective. Um, and we're just going to talk. We're just going to have that Um that that, that, that that conversation today. Um, of course, we got to start with our just real quick check-in before we jump in. How are you doing, my sister? I'm better. Uh, <laughs> I had that vid. That vid. That vid, man. It's going around. It's getting everybody. So I'm a lot better. Yeah. So is it true? I, I, hear, I hear that you, that after, that when you, when you were coming out, you kind of have a still like a little bit of a tiredness or a fatigue. Um, is that is that true? Yes. Uh huh. There are lingering effects. Like even now, when I when I um I still have like a little cough, mm-hmm. and when I laugh, I sound like someone who used to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so like if I have like a really hard hearty laugh, I'll cough with it too. You mm. know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we are glad you're sure. feeling better, and uh, hopefully, it never comes to you anymore. My fam is. Uh, we are lucky. We have not yet had anybody who gets sick, um, and we're hoping to keep it that way. Just uh everybody in our in our fam is vaxxed except the the young girls and they're deciding if they want to do it or not um but yeah we'll see you know we'll see how things are we'll see how it goes but yeah okay 
That's yeah. good. And we're, we're good over here. We're just living life, doing everything. Uh, busy yeah. the kids are back in school for the first, you know, two weeks. They were doing virtual school and now they back in there. Um, so it's good. My wife and I can get work stuff done now because we're not being homeschool teachers. Right. Um, and yeah, uh, but my wife, my, my wife, my wife is finishing up her degree. This is her last year, and they they start in their first three weeks virtual as well. So everybody's like right. really hesitant to kind of like get back into it, you know. Right. Um, and right. I and I'm here for it. I mean, let's. I say, be cautious, man. You know why? Why? Why rush? Why rush? Right. There's no rush. Um, right. But yeah. So so we're good. Glad you're getting better. Um, everybody, we need you to keep listening and share with your friends because we're trying to up these uh, these listening and and our and our and our uh, our audience. Um, so we are on the, the 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 verge of trying to get to those sponsorships, man. So we can be doing more, you know. Right. Shoot, who knows? We we might have some of those nice, cool mics that you got coming out. Might be in a little studio setting with some background. <laughs> you, you never know, right? But y'all are gonna help us make that possible by checking us out, sharing, um, and all the good stuff. You feel me? All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's get into this, man, because we got us a conversation today. Um, yes, yes, yeah, man. Yes. Divorce, divorce. Um, so we said we got, we got a couple of perspectives. Um, Tierra Monique is going to give us right. a little bit of story mm-hmm. time and narrative, and 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 then we're just going to let the conversation mm-hmm. flow from there. So, take it away, my sister. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, how do we get here? Life after divorce. Um. People saw quite a bit of an influx of divorce during the pandemic. And then it also started to go down, actually. Um, when I was reading some articles, um, when I was looking for um, statistics mm. for 2020, I couldn't find that many. But um, oh, I do have some of those. Sorry. At first, there was an influx of. Oh, you do? Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. But go so, ahead. yeah. So they, um, they said that there was an influx of um the divorce and then there it started to like middle out i mm. guess people realize that you know <laughs> if i get laid off because of covid uh i might as well go ahead and stay with you <laughs> yeah 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 that's yeah. real though that's real yeah so um yeah 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 absolutely so um but I've been divorced for almost eight years this year. Um, and I went through a lot after the divorce. Um, but first I want to tell you what actually, how do you get to divorce? Like, how do we get here? How do you get to divorce? So um, there's a lot of different ways for different people, but the majority of those things um, are, some of them are, are the same. So first things first. So I know for me, what led, first led to divorce was selfishness. So I was selfish. Um, I thought about everything was about about me, what you can do for me, and not what I can do for you. And if you know, if you know, like I know now, you know, hindsight 2020, that divorce, I mean, that marriage is not about you, it's, it's about the other person. It's about service. It's about trying to love each other, like out love each other, basically. 
So selfishness basically can really, really, really um, push, push you to divorce, especially if you're like, I don't want to compromise. I don't want to do nothing that you want to do. I just want to do everything. I want you to do everything I want to do, but I don't want to do nothing that you want to do. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So selfishness is a, is a big thing. Yeah. Selfishness is a big thing. And then, and then you can start to, uh, which I coined this, um, it's called a selfish induced coma. When you get so like you just it's like you know the movie get out and you go into that sunken place of selfishness and you don't even know how to come out of it and you're doing and you're in it for so long <laughs> that you start making like really really not so good decisions for yourself and for your marriage so um that's one thing is selfishness um the next one um blind love can cause you to get divorced and that, what i mean is that you went into the divorce with these expectations um and but you did not um communicate them so you did not have these real like in-depth you uh, conversations with? about what yeah oh yeah uh-huh. okay yeah uh-huh yeah so you went to marriage um not talking about kids who wants kids who doesn't want kids how you want to discipline the kids where you want to raise the kids, you know, um, you don't talk about money and finances. Who's going to take care of the money? Who's going to pay the bills? You know, are we going to have joint accounts? Are we going to have separate accounts? You don't talk about what we're going to do on our vacations. You know, um, are we going to open up a business? I want to open up, open up a business. Are you down with, you know, being my partner or like, how are we going to do this, do those things? So you don't have those really, really good in-depth conversations. I mean, especially how many times you're going to have sex a week. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, those conversations are very, very important to have before you get married. And when you have those unmet expectations because you did not have the conversation, it can lead to um, irreconcilable differences, you know, a type of reason for a divorce. And you know what's crazy? As you're, as you're saying yeah. that, as you're as you're saying that, I, I've. I've when you list those kind of things, it never, those are never mm-hmm. things in my mind that I would think this could actually lead to a divorce, you know? I, I used to be like, yeah, it's right. something right. we could probably talk about and we could work it out and whatever. But man, if it just goes unaddressed for long enough, it really can can have those effects. That's, that's real. That's real. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, because um, some people are like concrete. This is what I want. This is what I want to do. And mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, want to do these things, then it's like a, it's a deal breaker. That's why I watched one YouTube video. It was um, divorce lawyers giving advice on marriage. Oh wow! <laughs> and, when, uh-huh. and one thing they one guy said, one lawyer said, is that don't try to marry someone. Yeah. Don't try to marry someone who's a homebody if you're someone who likes to go out all the time, because mm. then you're going to be upset that they don't never want to go nowhere. <laughs> and they're like, yo, I've been like this. What you talking about? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So another thing, though, um, that can really um, lead to divorce is infidelity. So, of course, if you have an affair, whether it be emotional or physical, it can lead to a divorce if that is like 100% a deal breaker for you, especially if you um, witnessed it as a child in your in your parents' marriage or, you know, with a, um, 
I don't know, a family friend or something, if you always seen people getting um, cheating on someone and you didn't like how it looked and how it made you feel as an adult, you might be like, no, no, I'm not going to let I'm not going to let that happen to me. And if you do it to me, that's it. We're not going to counseling. I'm not forgiving you straight to divorce. Yeah. Because um, once you step outside the marriage, it's like there's a, now the trust is gone and you have to start building it back up again. And some people don't want to take the time to have you earn their trust back. It's like, nope, cancel that out. It's, it's over. So, yeah, that can definitely lead to divorce. Um, yeah. The next thing I I wrote down for me, um, especially I, I talked to two guys that I know who are currently separated and they said that um, feeling underappreciated as a husband, as a man, and not being respected. So I know that for men, men need respect and women need love. And for a man, you need to be respected. And if a man feels like he's not being respected, once that keeps building up and every time you don't respect me and every time you don't make me feel appreciated as a man and every time you want to be Miss Independent Woman and want to do everything, control the whole marriage and everything that we do, I'm not going to want to be with you no more because then that's going to lead to what? It's going to lead to selfishness and it's going to lead to infidelity, So, which can then cause a divorce. So, I mean, for you, like, don't you as a husband and as a man want respect and need respect from your wife yeah i i i do i feel like yeah i guess it's interesting you know when we when you talk about like those terms love and respect i wonder if it's like on the surface level it has different names but but to get but like the essence of it is kind of similar you know um i don't know maybe maybe sometimes with love is kind of maybe some of the more affection aspects of it whereas maybe with right a lot right. of men they're not like that or at least they're they're not open about sharing that they want that kind of stuff you know um right like i i've been mm-hmm. seeing yeah. i used to see like these posts um just on social media where you know uh a lady is like you know go and hug your man like actually hug them actually hold them oh, yeah. let them uh be you know kind of have a space where they can sort of like relax and and you know like let them lay in your lap right. or, or 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 actually you know like you would do not not that they're your child but like give them that that same uh embrace where you where they could actually like release it's like right. you don't have to kind of be like macho on that on that time or like if they are worried about something they could really talk about it and they were talking there was a you know lady was talking about how like a lot of men don't do this because it they get they'll get betrayed like in a cop in in a later conflict or something that happens then that thing that they you know let their guard down and shared um their their lady is bringing it out now and throwing it kind of back in their face like you're a weak dude because mm-hmm. you blah 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 and yeah. like, wow yeah. is, is that what we doing now now the dude's clapping mm-hmm. you know um and, and and it's like yeah man you <laughs> those 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 aspects of each other's life that you sort of give to each other to hold is you got we, when you don't when we don't actually hold those with respect and regard even in like the tough times right. 
Yeah, it can really hurt. And maybe that is like for for the man, it's it it, it, it takes that form or it's like interpret reinterpreted as disrespect. It's like, oh, okay, I see what you about. And for the woman, it's like, man, you're it's it's right. like a lack of love or the love has been denied now. And yeah, that can cause a huge strain on the relationship. Like yeah, same. Yeah. That's so funny that you said that because it's like our spirits have connected on this one because I wrote that mm-hmm. next as mm. a number, my number five, because I mean, there's so many other reasons, but my number five was another guy told me that um, at the end of the day, the deal breaker was it was just toxic. The marriage mm-hmm. was so toxic and it was toxic to the point where from her and he said that there was a lot of lying, manipulation, um, uh whether it was and it was affecting his mental health Mm. and so he said he was he became very unhappy he started to feel lost as a person so you can just imagine someone who's always toxic someone who's always causing misery like you can't never do anything like if you say you're like hey look i did something like no i don't know if you have you ever seen the video or the movie despicable me and when um the main character, I forgot his name, Steve Carell's character. He he does like a flashback of how he's all he was always trying to impress his mom, and mm. she used to always tell him, "Nope, try again." Like, "Nope, do it again." Like, it was like she never like gave him the hurrah. And at the end of the day, you're married to a man, but he was he is still a little boy on the inside, and he mm. wants that, "Yay, you did it," you know, or "You're such a great man," or. And if, and if you're always putting him down or telling him what he's not doing or what he should have, could have did this thing and you didn't do this, then it's going to make him feel, it's going to make him go down like deep mm. into that inner child and feel unloved, unrespected, unappreciated and not seen. And that causes toxic, you know, it causes a toxic relationship. And so, like you said, and I had wrote this down that, you know, when, when you start having arguments and the woman starts using those traumatic experiences that you confidently told her in secret and she brings them back up as grenades to throw at you and go boom well that's why your day left you or i can see what your mom was talking about or that's why all those women left you and like it's like you know just i mean boom 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 (laughs) like really like just hitting you and you know Right, just just a lot of a lot of uh, gunshots. I know in the Bible it says, you know, um, a nagging wife is like a dripping faucet. <laughs> it's like, and you can It's like I want this faucet to be turned off. You know, it it tells it tells the husband to that he has to escape and go to the rooftop of his home in order to escape his nagging wife. And you don't want that kind of wife. And you don't even want that kind of husband if your husband right. is that way as well. Um, so that can really, really need, that can really, really lead to um, a divorce. And it was fun. It's so funny. You like said everything I said at this point. I put on um, your spouse needs to know you are the place they can lay their heart on the table mm. without any negative consequences. So it's like you, your spouse outside of God is supposed to be your confidant. You should want to have someone where I can go to you and tell you everything I'm feeling, even though if it don't even sound right. And you can hear me because you know my heart and you know where I'm coming from without any kind of ridicule or judgment or passive aggressiveness. You know, so those are all the things that can lead to a divorce. 
And those are all the things that led to my divorce. <laughs> yeah. well, well, think about this. Uh, I'm I, laughing because not because I. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish, finish. Go ahead. Up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, I was just saying that I'm not laughing because um, other divorce, but yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I know you're not laughing because of divorce, but it's just it's amazing, like how real these things yeah. are you know like when people say this stuff sometimes you're like ah, i don't know that could be them but that ain't me it's, I, mean, I know a lot of people said this but i'm different and and you find out in your experiences in life you're like yo that do be happening in my relationship wait a minute now hold on now wait a minute um what i was what i was thinking about it this whole thing about kind of like revealing yourself this is like i don't know i don't know if you ever had uh the convert if it was a conversation or whatever but like the first time you're intimate with your partner with the lights on versus being in the dark and candles and yeah. it's like you know um unless <clears throat> you know you're like some sort of crossfit gym athlete you always have, and even then when you are, you probably still have some insecurities about yourself physically. And you'd be like, man, what does my yeah. partner actually yeah. think of me? Yeah. Like, can I really fully, mm -hmm. you know, like, like, do, do, do I, okay, you go take a shower and I'll be ready. And you be in the bed and like, okay, turn the lights off and then come through. Yeah. Or are you to the point where you seriously are getting in a sense almost like back to that garden of eden state where we are fully able to just be open with each other and fully accept each other and feel safe and and secure um you know e e even even you know completely totally like um from the physical all the way through the to, to the emotional state you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah. And if you and yeah. if you don't and if you don't feel like that, yeah, then yeah, um, you're heading down that. Yeah, insecurities. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you saying about insecurities? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, insecurities always creep up. It can cause a rift um, too. If if the other person. If the other person is not aware of your insecurities, it can cause a rift. And and also, if the person is aware of your your insecurities, that's that is a, a at a place where you should not use their insecurities against them, mm -hmm. but recognize their insecurities and want to build them up, you know, and to remind them that they're not who they think they are and their insecurity, you know, because mm -hmm. sometimes we beat ourselves up a lot. We don't need someone else to beat us up too. Um, so, <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> we don't, <laughs> we don't need that. So that's what led to the divorce. Mm -hmm. That's how you got to divorce. Now let's talk about after the divorce. So mm -hmm. the side effects of divorce, I know for me, I went through some stages of divorce mm -hmm. and even up until now, I think I'm still healing. I think that you can never, I don't, I can't say that you never, you're never fully, fully healed. I think that there's still like, it's just like anything when you fall down and you hurt yourself. And if it was a really big cut, it's going to leave a mark on your skin. And you're always going to be reminded whatever you look at it. It's just, it's just the stages that you go through on how it makes you feel when you look at it. So like, you know, in the beginning, I go, oh, like, you know, that really hurt. And you may get, you may get really sad. You may cry. 
because you're thinking about that big old wound that that big old hurt that happened but then later on as you heal and, it, and time goes on you may look at it and go man that hurt and you remember the lesson from that and it doesn't cause you so much pain when you look at it anymore you know right so right, i right. think that's how it is with divorce at first when it when it happens it's like this huge cut wound you have this band-aid on it but it still has it's still bleeding a little bit you still can see the 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 meat the tissue <laughs> that meat that white meat you still can see it it still you still can feel a little bit of the pain and so um but it's all how we deal with it so for me i know the first stage of, of divorce side effects that i went through was um that i didn't recognize is that how um, how much it affected my kids. So now we're in this one home and now there's two homes and you have to go back and forth and you have to co-parent. And sometimes the co-parenting is not that great in the beginning and it can affect the children. So you're trying not to argue in front of them, but you are. You're trying mm -hmm. to talk about the parent badly in front of the children, but you do because mm -hmm. you haven't, actually try to take the next steps to heal yourself and you're and yeah. most of the time when people get divorced they're not thinking about the kids you're thinking about themselves and they're not yeah. thinking about how it's going to affect the kids so i know um you went through that with your your yeah. own parents so th this is so this how is, that make you feel this is where i my perspective jumps into this um, and I'll tell you a little bit of the narrative too. Even the way in which the uh, in which the separation or divorce is delivered or the news is broken to the kids, that also has um, you know its own impact as well. Um, I remember for like one of my like one of my dad's. Um, one of my dad's siblings found out not from my dad, found out from uh, somebody mm. else. And they were like, what, what are you wow. talking about? No, nah, they're not divorced. And they're like, eh, I think you need to talk to your brother. And that was how they found out, you know? And that was like, whoa. Wow. And my dad has been a person all my life who has, you know, he's always, he, he always kind of like thinks about his kids. And so he always, any information, any, Anything that's any information, isn't positive or negative. He's always trying to get in front of it and mm -hmm. and inform myself and myself. I have a one sister, and uh, all of my life, I, now that I think about it, he's been like that. Any whether it, he was if he was gonna get a job promotion, he was always like, "Hey, this ain't all the way done yet, but I'm just telling you, this is where it's gonna go. So you know, if you hear it from somewhere else, this is the truth about it, or blah blah blah." So when it came to this specifically. I remember my sister and I, uh, he had taken us to dinner and he was talking about like some of his other friends that, you know, and my dad's, a, my dad's also a pastor. And so it was just, you know, kind of thinking about this whole thing as like a pastor and, and getting into, uh, mm -hmm. you know, this type of situation where he's getting divorced. And so he was talking about a few of his friends that had gotten divorced and, you know, how he was saying, yeah, it's 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 sad that those things are happening, but you know they're part of reality. And so we were like, yeah, yeah, but we're just kind of eating our food or whatever. And then he just hit us, and he was like, you know, your mom and I are also 
um, talking about divorce. And I was like, what? I, I remember that just like, I remember literally I was eating my food and I couldn't even look back up. I was just like, did I just hear what I heard? Really? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm sitting there and I'm eating, trying to process it. And you know, he, he, he understands that we're like shocked now. And, um, mm -hmm. and he told us, he kind of let us know what was going on. And from that point, I think a couple of factors that helped us is we were older. I was a junior in college. My sister was about to graduate high school. So we were a little bit more kind of like mature. It wasn't, it didn't happen. We were, were young kids where, you know, it wasn't the point where we would think like, is this our fault? And they had to kind of have that sort of situation where it was more like, it was more like, okay, this is happening. And we're gonna go ahead and get to the point where we're we're realizing it, and we're trying to now figure out how to how to process it, how to move forward. Um, I remember that some of my parents' closest friends had kind of known that their relationship was a little strained, and they thought that we as kids had already known, and so they were, you know, treating us kind of funny. And we didn't know why, like, I didn't know why. Cause I was away at school. I came home for breaks. So I don't really know what the day-to-day -day life was like. Um, you know, not, not as much as my sister did. So when I came home and people would be asking me like, if I'm okay and stuff, I didn't know what they were talking about. I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. What's, what's, blah, blah, blah. And then when he told when my dad told us, and we were like, oh, now I'm starting to put this and this together. The thing that was interesting about their relationship was they decided, I don't know, my, they're like, or my dad is, he, he is a very, like, he's probably the most reasonable person I know. Like, he is very practical. He's very, like, thoughtful of people. And he actually told my sister and I, before they even filed papers, before they even got to any of the legal process. So it was kind of weird because they were still living in the house knowing that they were gonna be um, separated, but we're still kind of like all in the, in the house together, you know? So it was like, it was like, uh, it was this interesting tension. I remember I always got tense kind of like when they would be talking um, and they were very civil, you know, they never really got into arguments or anything, but, just every time they were together, I was kind of like, man, what's about to happen? Is it going to be cool or is it going to be an issue? Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Um, and I remember my dad, you know, he said, he said, he told my mom, he's like, okay, I'm about to, you know, move. And this house is going to be, you know, done or you, you know, whatever. You got a month and, you know, figure out what you want to do. And... You know, that's how he was. That's how he was about it. I guess by the time they got to that. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that parents who are going through separation can do to really help their uh, their kids in that process. Just like know that they are observing your every move because they want to know, all right, is mom and dad, are they going, are they going to be cool? Like my, my parents are weirdly friendly now. I mean, right. like they're, they, they're still regularly in each other's, in each other's life. I mean, because of my kids, my, 
you know, myself and my sister, anytime they're doing events, they be riding in the car, you know, together with he, my dad, his his now wife, and my mom and my sister, and they'll be all doing it's it's you know it's it's like <laughs> y'all are too friendly like this is yeah you know um, but it happens <laughs> together and that that really helps the kids to I think I think it in, in some senses it can kind of speed up their their processing a little bit you know. Um, again, I'm talking as I was already a little mm-hmm. bit older. I wasn't like a little kid, you know. I was already um, legal. I was already, you know, 18. So I, I, it wasn't like I was at the same stage of development myself. But they're the way that they were with each other, and my mom was more of the one that you know was kind of pulling away and, and, and wanted to do it, and she never was the what I give her credit for in that is that she never played the victim. She never mm-hmm. um, like tried to explain herself away when, you know, wh- whatever mistake she had, you know, she was like, yeah, no, that was, that was, that was me. And, you know, it's fair that he, he was this way. And, and, and yeah, I completely understand. Mm-hmm. So she never did the bad, the mm-hmm. bad talking. And uh, I never got to the point where I was like, you know, um, you guys are kind of nasty to each other because they were so civil. It was crazy, you know, um, how civil they were to each other. But, um, however, I think, I think that's one thing that's good for people that are going through a separation or a divorce. If you're thinking about what's going to happen in the lives of your kids, know that however you are 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 treating each other however you're carrying yourself whether it's through the process or post your kids are really looking at those things mm-hmm. to see how is it going to be uh, you know between them um mm-hmm. the, the other thing that was kind of weird about it from the kids perspective and I'm, I'm and i'm you know i'm interested to know like how, how the interaction was with your kids too i had and maybe this because i was older mm-hmm. i had some of my dad's friends one in particular who was like trying to tell me to hold on let me get this door real quick um was trying to it was trying to kind of tell me that i needed to force the discussion and get them back together and he was like like he was like listen you're the you're the you're the oldest you're the oldest and you gotta you gotta help your parents you gotta get them back together and i'm like that was the worst thing you know because i mean first of all you know this dude's not even in the relationship first off but um second second (laughs) of all he's like trying to put this pressure on me to get my parents to work their relationship out um and Mm -hmm. and the way that people every you know they kind of they kind of interact that also kind of has a a um I don't know. It, it it shapes the experience of the processing for the kids, how like all the friends act. Cause I was thinking, okay, so my mom has been friends with all these people that are actually like the friends from my dad's part of the relationship. So are they still going to be cool with her? Or are they not going to like her now? Or right. you know, my, we've been, my dad's been a pastor right. at this church and we've been all together, but we're still going to that church, even though we're not, 
you know, the parents aren't together. Is everybody going to be looking at us weird now? Are they going to are they going to think something's wrong with us? Or, you know, what's that? What is all of that going to be? Um, you know, so 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 that, that those elements were uh, they were interesting because I just wanted to know outside of their relationship how would they be treated like I, I i didn't even think so much about myself i'm more like now now with the separation are they are they got camps now where these people now dislike my mom these people now dislike my dad like that kind of thing am i gonna have to be like okay i can't talk about these people around my mom i can't talk about these ones around my dad because they're not friends anymore having to navigate those kind of things um was difficult um and i'm interested to hear about your kids your your mm -hmm. kids and 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 the, the question that i have is how did you think about talking to them and or was that even part of your uh process of like okay i want to have intentional conversations with my kids about what's happening right now how'd you how'd you go about doing those things Okay, so um, we both sat down with the kids. My kids were young, so they were mm -hmm. five and ten. Well, they were well, they were about to be five and ten. I think I think they were about to be five and ten, so like mm -hmm. four and nine. Um, they were like just just shy of a couple months for their birthday, and <clears throat> of course, my daughter, she's the youngest. She didn't understand. Of course, you know, it's like where is Daddy gonna live? You know, stuff like that. And mm -hmm. then um, even my son. He didn't, you know, it was like it it made me so sad because at that point, I when I had to go talk to him, I I didn't it was that's when it hit me like, okay, this is really gonna affect them because they mm -hmm. love their dad, you know? Yeah. And I, I never thought, you know, you, when you get married, you never think you're gonna get a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so when you decide to get one, you you don't, you don't in the beginning you don't think about the kids and then when you have to think about the kids when you really decide to um then it's like ah you know my kids so they were we sat down and talked talk talk to them about it and i i can start tell i can tell the difference in my son more than than my daughter so she was she was still like not really aware what was going on just that daddy was going to be in a different place but we were still going to be in our own house and still have our own room. And, but we just want to see daddy um, every day in the house where my son, I can tell over the years, like he started to like his, he just, it wasn't like that. He became a very sad child is that he just became more reserved. He was mm. already reserved, but he became more reserved. And so it was like, it would, it took a long time for you to get anything out of him. So it did affect him <clears throat> because I think as children, you know, you have this idea in your head that my mom and my dad are going to be together and that's family. And now they have to adjust to a new normal, you know, and um, and so it, we, we had to tell them that, you know, this is not your fault. You know, you didn't do this. So don't blame yourself. It's nothing that you did, you know, because sometimes kids can start thinking, well, it's because I didn't I didn't get the right grade or is my dad mad at me? Is my mom mad at me? And it has something to do with them. So mm -hmm. but over the years, I can see how it, it the impact that it made against towards them, because my daughter, she would still say even when after he had got remarried, she would say, um, 
well, when are you and dad going to get back together? <laughs> mm. And I was like, um, you have a whole stepmom living in your house right now. <laughs> That's not how it works. He's not, he's not trying her out to see if she fits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, so, um, so, um, but yeah, so I, it, and that really affected me. It, it, over the years, when I came out of my coma of selfishness, I, w- I, di- I did go into a depression. That was my next thing that happened. So like after I, you know, analyzed, you know, that the, the kids, it did ha- hurt the kids and how to co-parent and, you know, how to, you know, still raise them in a right way, in a loving way. Um, I got depressed. I got depressed um, because of, I felt like I made a, a, a huge mistake. I feel like I made a mistake for my kids. That's what I was thinking at first. At first, it was like, I made this huge mistake. Why did I do this to my kids? Because I had told myself the lie that my kids will be okay. Mm. They'll be fine. And I told myself that lie because I was I was driven based off of my my selfish desires and what I wanted to do. And not based on, at the, at the end of the day, what did I really want in my marriage and what did I really want for my family? And I, and I did not want a broken family. I did not want my kids to grow up in a broken household. So I did go through about depression. I went through depression because of the kids. I went through depression because of um, feeling like you failed. Um, you failed yourself and then your family um, around you. Like my marriage at the time was, my family had put my marriage on a pedestal at that point. Mm. My grandmother didn't really have a really good marriage. My mom didn't have good. Uh, she had she was married twice. She had two failed marriages. So it just looked like that my marriage at the time was like they like they were so happy. Like, oh, y'all are married. Y'all are traveling because of the military. Oh, y'all are bought homes and y'all have kids. And, you know, we just had this like cookie cutter type looking um, family for them. And so mm. You know, I did get depressed and um, you started thinking about all the things you could have did, all the things you wish you didn't do. Excuse me. So, um, yeah, that's what I went through. Depression. Um, I did go depression. I can't tell you that my depression happened throughout the past eight years, but they happened differently. So my first Mm -hmm. depression, the first about depression, real quick. (laughs) It was like, oh, I'm so sad for my kids. Okay. Let me go out and find somebody else. Mm. <laughs> so I did. Like I, 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 that was my next thing. I started, um, I started living rec- recklessly. So like you can give up on love and say, oh, well, maybe I'm not meant to be married because I didn't value the marriage. I didn't value my husband. So maybe I'm just meant to be single for the rest of my life. And so you just give up on love and you make really bad decisions. And so... I entertained wrong people, got in the wrong atmospheres, and that happened. And then when those things didn't work out, then I went through another depression. It was like you just constantly, you know, until you actually face yourself, I think that's a thing. So Mm. until you actually face yourself and what you did in the marriage and who you are, because um, I said this before one time, that divorce is not a cure. And it's not going to cure anything that you did not face before you got the divorce so if you came into the marriage selfish needy um not knowing what you want to do all those things and you came into it and then you left the same way 
being divorced, you didn't, all you did was divorce that person. You still have to live with you. And if you don't yeah. take care of what was wrong with you, you're going to take that same stuff into a whole nother relationship or a whole nother situation or a whole nother marriage. So I, 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 the kids, I got depressed. I started living recklessly. And then, <laughs> um, I, um, what did I write down here? Uh, regret. So that's when I like, really faced myself when I really started to heal and I started to, I stopped dating for two years. Uh, I wasn't on any sites and I was like really into God and really trying to, you know, find my place and my relationship with him and, um, going to single seminars and just really find out who Tierra was, you know, mm. and what was, you know, what did I need to fix so that I can be, I wanted to be married again. I just need to, I didn't want to bring the same stuff into that marriage mm. that I had not healed in my own marriage. Like I had abandonment issues because my dad left when I was a kid and he never really acknowledged me my entire life. Um, mm. You know, I had mother issues because my mom, she, she had went through some times where it was like me, me against her a lot. So I went, I had body image issues, you know, and then, so it was a lot of things. And so if you yeah. don't really face yourself and face the truth about yourself, then it will cause you to go through a cycle of bad relationships. Can so, I, I want to ask you something. That was really. Mm -hmm. uh, when you talk about regret, what, what, Say say something about that. Like, what what was it that you regretted? Uh, I regretted not giving my marriage a chance. Mm. Because um, because I I don't I mean I mean say so I don't know if you've ever gone through life and you look back and you go, what was I thinking? Like mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. like where your mind was at the time, and so. I, like I said, I told myself and I watched shows and I listened to music and I, I fed myself things that justify my actions, if that makes sense. Um, so I told myself the lie that, you know, oh, you know, we got married for the wrong reason. So we weren't supposed to be married anyway. But mm -hmm. then in hindsight, 22 is, even if you get married for the wrong reasons, if you really want to be there for that person and you really love that person, God can change anything that started off wrong into something great for him. Mm. So it just it just all depends. So, you know, even though we got married young and trying to meet a different kind of need, need a selfish need that we both had that we were trying mm. to get from each other, a lot grew out of that. We had two beautiful kids. We were we found God. We got we got closer to God together. Mm -hmm. um, we were doing things that we didn't think that we were going to that we were going to do when we first got married. So I regret not giving my marriage a chance because even during the the reconciliation phase of going to the um, the therapist, uh -huh. um, I still was still entertaining other people on the side. OK, that's that's, right. that's just the bottom line, whole truth, transparency. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I still was not, I didn't cut it all the way off. If I had cut all of that off and really focused in on my marriage and really focused in on my husband and really allowed God to do what I knew God could do. Um, well, I didn't, yeah, what, what I knew God was capable of doing, which was the impossible. Um, 
then I think that it would have turned out differently. I can't say that we would not be divorced today, but what I can say is, is that I don't know what would have happened because I didn't try. So yeah. that's a PSA for anybody who's thinking about divorcing your spouse. If you have not tried everything, then mm. don't give up on your marriage. You and gotta don't when try they, everything. When they do like mediation, do don't they kind of explore? Have you guys tried and go kind of through a, you know, a, a, an examination or or not an examination, but like a, you know, like a probing to say, have you guys tried this? Have you done counseling? Have you? Are you open to this? Are you absolutely sure that this is where you want to go with it? You know? Yeah, and see, that was the thing. See, I never saw a lawyer. I never I never saw a lawyer. I didn't have any money for a lawyer because I was a stay-at-home mom. Mm. So the marriage basically was at fault because of me, because I was the one who stepped out of the marriage. So that was the main reason for the marriage. Cause you can, there's two types that you can have a no fault divorce and a fault divorce. A no fault divorce is those irreconcilable differences. Mm. And then in, and depending on what state you live in, you have to wait, you have to be separated for a certain amount of time in order for you to actually file the divorce. You have to go through a separation period. Yeah. Um, especially if you have kids. And then there's that fault divorce where it's a it's faster. You don't mm -hmm. have to wait as long to be separated. But if you have proof and concrete evidence that this person cheated on you and they sign the papers and say, okay, yes, let's go ahead and dissolve this marriage, then there's nobody talking to you to say, hey, have you have you gone to counseling? Mm -hmm. I mean, we went to counseling because we wanted to try to work it out. But mm -hmm. I was in my head and my feelings and he was in his head about his feelings. And at the end of the day, when the question was asked, hey, do you want to go ahead and get a divorce? I was the one who gave the final yes. Mm -hmm. You know, it was left up to me. Mm -hmm. And um, that that's how that went. Yeah. Cause, and, and so I didn't have a lawyer. I didn't have anything. I just went ahead and just let him do whatever he wanted because there were periods before the divorce we were separated that I felt very guilty about the things that I had done. Mm -hmm. And I felt so bad that I felt like, well, he just needs to be with someone else besides me because I'm not, I'm no good for him. And so mm -hmm. at that point I just said, okay, yeah, go ahead. Let's get divorced. Cause I'm not, you know, I'm no good for you. You yeah. know, do you think and he did not say no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think that was, your true feeling or that was you you rationalizing to give yourself permission mm -hmm. to, to keep going in that direction of separation yep. or or was it really you were like man I really feel this bad and he does not deserve me and that kind of like what was your if you're kind of reflecting back about it now what do you what do you think that was That was not my real feeling. Mm. That was not my real feeling. Yeah. Mm. I, I deep down, that's why like whenever he whenever we had to go through it, all the things that we had, you know, what was gonna happen after the marriage, I just let him I was like, whatever, whatever you want to do. You wanna have that house? Okay. Cause we had a house in Virginia, we had a house in Florida. Okay, whatever. Whatever it was like whatever he wanted, I co-signed for it, whatever. You know, you can you could do whatever you want because I felt really guilty. But it was like I was stuck. I was torn. 
Like, mm. do I stay or do I go? And I went ahead and gave in because I was like, like you said, a part of me was like, no, I should be here because I even mm. had friends who would say, oh no, girl, what are you thinking? You know? But um, but then I had this person, you know, like they have like the angel and the devil on your shoulder. Yeah, and on so your it was side, like yeah. the angel was like, No, no, don't stay, stay, stay. And then the devil was like, Nah, you remember that guy you was talking to? You know yeah. how he made you feel? He mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't make uh, your your husband don't make you feel like that. Your husband don't make you feel like that. So just go and be with him. And then you end up making the wrong decisions because at the mm. end of the day you it's up to you what decision you're going to make are you going to go this way you're going to go that way yeah and so yeah yeah it, yeah it, it was it wasn't a good decision but i'm not like um i'm not uh saying any of this so please don't come for me anybody out there listening or watching this i am not saying any of these any of these things to make i'm not campaigning to be back with my (laughs) (laughs) ex-husband i am not doing that yeah (laughs) don't say oh what's she doing she covered in another man another woman's uh husband no i am not i am not i am not this is reflection people it is over right it's a reflection the divorce happened. It is over. We are great co-parenting now. Grow parents now. We have our oldest son is about to graduate from high school. And we talk on the regular about stuff together. And, you know, we've had um, we've had um, occasions where we've all been together, including his um, his current wife. Um, and I shouldn't say current wife, <laughs> <laughs> including his wife. Mm-hmm. And her son and so and my family so everything is going the way um it's going really good right now but mm-hmm. everything that i'm saying is just to, to help other people you know to help you out there who's listening or watching to know that these if you're thinking about any of these things if you see yourself in my story um you're not alone and if you if you want to prevent your divorce you can you can uh, I'm not saying that you should stay if you be, you're being beaten up or physically harmed or if someone is causing you to feel like you are not even a human being. Though I'm not saying to stay anything toxic at all. But if you are in something that is salvageable, then please do whatever you can to salvage it. And if you are now divorced and you're thinking about where do I do what do I do now? It's you live. You learn from your mistakes, you learn the lesson. And you don't make your life as uh, I'm a bad person because you're not a bad person. This happened to you and now you can live on. You can help somebody else and you can figure out a way to um, be a better person or be a better spouse when you get married again. Because now you know the things to look for. You know, once you've gone through all this, it's like, oh, now I know what to look for. Now I know if I have these feelings of, of insecurity or I don't feel unheard, I don't feel seen, I'm not gonna keep those things in. I'm gonna bring them up to my spouse and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Can, you know, can we work this out or can we go to counseling now? You know, let's go to couples counseling once a month so we can get things on the table that we're not talking to each other about because you get into a daily routine of, hey, how you doing? How was school? How's the kids? How was work? And you don't sit down and take time for each other. So. That's why date nights are important. Uh, once a month, couple counseling is important. Um, having your own 
time by yourself as an individual to regroup and to, mm. you know, as a is, is important. And then coming back to one another to say, oh, I had fun doing this. Maybe one time you can come and do this with me, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, this is good, man. Okay, first off, first you know, off. So, that's I wanna, all I have. I want to, well, no, I, I, I want to thank you for being so open and sharing these reflections with us. I mean, you know, that's that's very personal and it's, and yeah. I know that it's helpful because people can, um find themselves in the story and and that's what we about man we're trying to help each other out as much as we can by sharing our experiences um the second thing i want right. to point out are some of these stats um which show really how important this is so um in, in you know and as we're finishing okay. off this is just something for everybody to kind of keep in process in there um about 90 percent of people mm-hmm. in the western cultures this is a i got this online website about 90 percent of people in western cultures marry by age 50 and in the united mm-hmm. states about 50 percent of those couples get divorced and the rate usually uh rises um, like at, at the in United States, I think is like, it says, it says they're the sixth highest divorce rate, divorce rate in the world. Um, wow. and then the rates go up. If it's a second marriage, um, 60%, if it's, if they happen to get to third marriage, it can go up to as high as 73% that are ending in divorce. Um, and mm-hmm. some of the most common things are the very things that we talked about today. This was from the U S mm-hmm. census bureau, um, incompatibility. About 43% mm-hmm. of them are that. Infidelity is about 28%. And money issues, 22%. Um, so if you're if if you have experienced this or you're seeing these things happening in your relationships, this is this is very uh naturally happening within you know the the lives of married folks in, in the United States. Um so uh we say that, and I share that with y'all to just say, listen, man, everybody's dealing with things and, you know, you're not mm-hmm. alone. There's, it's not like your relationship is like some sort of unique, weird strug- struggle and difficulty. Um, and it's just your choice. You know, do you want to mm-hmm. work with it? Do you want to work on it? Or do you see it as a point where it is better to be separated? I know from my parents after I had talked with my dad and talked with my mom, I was mm-hmm. not happy that they were divorced, but I could see how it was better for them to be separate, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I was, and I, you know, and like I said, I was older, so that's probably what, where that came from. But I was like, yeah, man, I don't think you guys should be together, um, you know? And I think it's gonna be actually better for both of your lives, at least from my perspective. I'm not them, but you know, from the way I see it, so um, yeah, <laughs> they weren't asking me, but um, <laughs> when I was reflecting on it, and so I and so I think of that now as an adult, and I would think of that like, okay, if I had a friend that was talking to me, you know, I wouldn't be like my dad's friend that was like, yo, you gotta force the issue, you gotta make them get back together. I would right. be like, oh, man, you gotta look at the situation. <laughs> you gotta look at the situation and see is it better for them to be apart or like in your situation, is it better or is it, or is it something that we need? We haven't tried hard. We haven't exhausted all our options. Mm-hmm. So 
Let's give it another right. try. It's 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 everybody's it's everybody's um journey, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So the Right. It's funny line, when you say that because I thought about this earlier. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, I thought about this earlier right quick um, that um, I think that uh, divorce to me, I feel like divorce happens in two ways. Um, either you um, or a marriage in a, in a sense happens. So it's like you marry someone for the, you marry the wrong person and then you get a divorce, you know, mm-hmm. um, or you marry the right person, but you didn't recognize that they were the right person. It's like um, you ever see those people who say, you know, um, uh, you you meet the right person at the wrong time because you're not you're not um, at a place where you can appreciate and and value them for who they are and and what they bring to your life. So you like go, I'm going to skip this for right now because I'm no good for you. Mm. Hopefully you're still available (laughs) when I'm finally good enough to to be there for you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I think. I think divorce happens to me. I think divorce happens in those two ways. You marry the wrong person or you marry the right person, but you didn't appreciate and value who they were mm. when you were married to them. That's why you have to begin with the end in mind. I think we talked about this when we were um, planning the episode yeah. that you should begin with the end in mind. I know people say don't begin with the end in mind, but you should begin with the end in mind because you want, if you don't want the end to be divorced, then begin with how can I successfully have a marriage, mm. even with the ups and downs, without getting a divorce? It's like preventive. It's preventive medicine. You know, you buy the car and you buy the car insurance. <laughs> right. You know, you, not to say that you're gonna get in an accident. Not to say, you know, you, you're hoping to have a flat tire or a breakdown or anything like that, but you get it just in case this happens. I know what to do. So to me, like couples counseling is your car insurance, you know, mm. uh, you know, going on date nights is your car insurance. Um, you know, just being on purpose and being intentional about uh, seeing your seeing your person because. Their spouse is not, um, you are not for yourself in the marriage. You are for your, you're for your spouse. So Mm -hmm. I am here to serve my husband, whoever he is, and he is going to be to serve me. And then by us serving each other, then we can have a great marriage, whether ups and downs come or not. So that's it for me today. (laughs) No, that's, that's, that's great. Um, I had I had I wanted to share a scripture like we usually do, um, okay. and I and I was thinking yeah. I went and looked at all the divorce scriptures. I'm like, man, I do not want to share that that right now. This is not where we're going with this. Um, but I found one that I that that I thought was good for relate just reflecting on relationships, and um, it's uh-huh. it's it's Ephesians four one through three. Uh-huh. It says, therefore. Uh, a prisoner for the Lord uh, urge you, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility, gentleness, patience, mm. bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And I think that one is good because these mm-hmm. are principles that you can apply if you decide to work on your marriage or if you decide to separate right. because you you still are cultivating a um 
a, a healthy, positive uh, relationship together. Um, sometimes keeping the, right, the peace, right. you know, that's that's let's let's be civil to each other at this moment until we have our healing and we can actually right. be more friendly or whatnot. Um, those are still right in line with all the things that that, that God wants for us in in our relationship. So you know, I, that that's what I hope. Um, people can aspire to whether they stay or whether they decide to uh, separate, you know. That's good. That's really good. I do want to let people know that some really good books, um, The Purpose uh, the purpose and Power of Love and Marriage by Dr. Miles Monroe. That's a really good book if you're still married and you're trying to work it out. And then um, if you are divorced, The Road to Divorce, a road to the uh, road to the uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> road to recovery by Dr. Charles E. Goodman Jr. Um, uh, and then Dr. Miles Monroe also has a book called um, a "Married Separated Divorce." It's mm. like he goes through all the stages um, of that. And then also there's a new book out by Eric Roberson called "Lessons." 100 thoughts on life and love. He's got some really good stuff in here about not only about love, but also about appreciating every moment of your life. And it, and this book right here makes you want to journal. It makes you want to write down those thoughts that come to your head and those feelings about your life and your lo and love or whatever. And then maybe, you know, share them with your significant other as well. Mm. But yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Those are things that I, I read. Yeah, okay. so... Read, um, read, read. Get uh, nothing wrong with a self-help book. Something wrong with getting yeah. help from people. <laughs> you got to get help. You got to get help. Yeah. So, um, you had a yeah. quote, um, and I will share that if you don't uh, have your notes okay. with you. Um, unless you have your notes with you, and you can share the quote. Um, oh, get to know you first before you get to know other people. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that I think that carried carried over from last one, but it is still a good one. Um, mm -hmm. It is important to get to need, get to know you first before yeah. you get married. I can go ahead and switch that on. Get yeah. to know you first before you get before you get married. That way, when you get married, you're not focused on what that person can do for you. You'll be focused on what you can do for the other person. Mm. Um, the flip side of that, too, also is once you get div divorced, get to know you first before you get to know other people. Mm. Because um, if you haven't healed yourself um, after the divorce, if you haven't, you know, it's like you had to rediscover yourself again. Like, who am I? When I'm not married. I had to do that. I had because I was married from I was like 2021 20, up until I was 31, 32, mm -hmm. 33. So all those years, my 20s, you know, my early 30s, I was a wife and a mother. And so now I'm no longer a wife. I had I was a mother. And it was like, well, who is Tierra outside of being a mom? Who is mm -hmm. Tierra outside of being a wife? Mm -hmm. So it's like rediscovering yourself. That way, when you get to know someone else, you already know who you are and what you want. And, you know, your goals and your vision for your life. And that person can't come and dictate and tell you how to live your life because you already know how. And you won't get caught up in trying to be someone you're not with another person. Yeah. That's a whole nother, whole nother, 
podcast topic, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to yeah. that in time. Uh, but that was good, man. So y'all take this information. Yeah, so yeah. but thank um, thank well, yeah. Processing. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Monique is going to be your life coach uh, when, as soon as she decides to, you know, finish that up. So everybody just <laughs> just keep it. As soon as I get it together it, here. Yeah, just just keep uh, <laughs> keep keep her in your notes so you can reach out when it is time because uh, you know you're gonna get that good good. You know, feel me? Um, Yes, we are we yes. are we are signing off for today. Uh, we're gonna let you process and, and let that stuff marinate, marinate in your spirit, sizzle in your spirit, as as Wayne Country Wayne said. Um, and and we'll be back with another episode of the way yes. love goes. All right, peace, peace, oh. blessings, blessings on you. Peace out, homies.